Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Having a great weekend. I just wanted to check in with everyone and let you guys know that this weekend I will be up with our church family in the Washington, D.C. area at D.C. Metro. I'm speaking there this weekend, and they are having a night of shine as well. And so uh, Carrie and some of the girls will be up there this Sunday night. But I wanted to remind everyone that remember, in a couple of weeks is our big Heart for the House weekend. So I want you to be praying. All I'm asking you to do. Uh, and we do this every year. I just ask you to pray and give what God tells you to give. We have so many exciting things and opportunities happening in this next year, and we are going to see Jesus's kingdom expand like never before. And wait till I share with you guys some of those things. You're going to be really, really excited. I want to remind everyone, I will be back next weekend. I will be speaking the next three weekends. It's going to be a, a great, great series I have coming up for you. And uh, guys, I know it's it's been shine month. It's been shine weekend. We've had a great women's conference, but I want you to mark down early our man conference February 23rd that's right I'm promoting it this early February 23rd our big man conference February is man month black history month too man month too so it's going to be a good month and uh, today we have one of our incredible shine speakers with us uh, Havila Cunnington. She's going to be speaking this morning. We're so glad to have her. So come on, church. I want you to put your hands together and let's welcome Havila. <laughs> Yay! Well, hello. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is such an honor to be at Celebration Church. And um, it's an honor to have been at Shine. If you uh, were, a, if you're a man, you would have wished you were a woman this weekend. Uh, it was so much fun. I can't believe we packed so much in. And I had such a, I'm so honored to be invited here. Um, I've heard nothing but good things, a few bad things, but mostly all good things about this church. Um, and I am, a, I'm a, my name is Havla Cunnington. I'm a pastor at a church called Bethel Church in Redding, California. And you may not have heard of Bethel, but Bethel is, uh, you, you do sing our songs. And this morning we sang at least one of our songs that we write um, from Bethel Music. And uh, we, we have the privilege of just writing songs that the churches around the world sing. Um, sing, and I have really nothing to do with that. But I am, uh, I'm a wife and a mom, and every once in a while, they let me out to preach. And I have four boys, and um, I think I have a picture of them on, on, the, on the screen somewhere. But we have, um, there's our boys, and we have been very busy. We've been very busy. We had four boys in five years. Um, I said I had four C-sections in five years, so I win. And these are our, our four sons. Uh, my husband and I celebrated 12 years of marriage this last week, and I'm very excited about that. He'll be at the next service. And then we also have uh, Judah is our eldest son, and he turned 11 this week. And Judah is a classic firstborn. I'll talk about him more today. And then Hudson is our secondborn. He is nine years old. And he is that classic boy, moving around, jumping, running from, you know, furniture piece to furniture piece, climbing you. And uh, he is, uh, I, said, I said this before, but he came home with a note from a girl every single day last year. And so we spanked him every single day 
for that. And then uh, Grayson is our blondie. He has a little raspy voice. He's, um, he sounds a lot like I do. He's got blonde hair. We're both um, trying to stop smoking. So we have that in common. And um, he is, he's just a romantic. He, I don't know how else to say it. I, I don't. I don't know where he learned it, but this is who he is. And uh, he asked for a tuxedo for Christmas last year. And he wore that tuxedo to kindergarten every single day. And on his birthday, his birthday's January 18th, I said, what kind of themed party would you like? And he said, Mom, I would like a wedding cake. So I went out to Walmart. I bought a three-tiered white wedding cake, popped on a groom and a bride. And then he asked me, his second request was, Mom, do you still have your wedding dress? And I said, no, because I can't fit that thing, so I'm not even going to try. And so, uh, so we, we did a wedding cake, and he wore his tuxedo, and that was his, his six-year-old birthday. And so that's Grayson. And uh, I said this. This is one of my favorite stories about Grayson. But Grayson said, Mom, when am I going to be an adult? I said, well, you know, you're five. It's going to be a while. He said, well, when am I going to get married? I, I said, again, this is going to be a season. You know, you've got, you got some time. And I said, but, you know, you can marry me because it feels that's very appropriate somehow with our children to just want them to be with us forever. And pretty soon he gets very angry and he says, Mom, I don't want to marry you. I want a woman all to myself. So he's in therapy, and then Beckham is our, <laughs> Beckham's our baby, and he is the perfect cherry on the top. He is the end, and we are so grateful. My womb is retired, and I'm very excited about that. I do not have faith for another miracle baby. I have faith for a miracle college fund. And so is anybody else with me out there? It's like, we don't need more miracle babies. We need miracle college funds. Amen. I told my kids, we are going to pay for one of you to go to college. The rest of you have to fight each other for it. So... Just a little bit of some good democracy. I want to I teach a little bit this morning on a message that's been on my heart. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If you don't, don't worry about that. God will judge you. But Matthew chapter 10 is where we're going to turn this morning for a minute. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about something that we don't like to talk about. But... It's important that we talk about it because if we don't have a strategy for this in our life, we're not going to stay free. And this is something that was so important to Jesus that Jesus sat his 12 disciples down and as he was about to leave the earth, he said, listen, I need to give you some strategy for when I'm not on the earth. And this is going to be so relevant that when I leave the earth and in 2017 in Jacksonville, Florida, at a place called Celebration Church, in all different places and all different campuses that are watching this morning, we know that this is relevant. He gathers them together and he begins to speak to them in Matthew chapter 10. Can we pray? Good, one of us. Can we pray? Yes, Jesus help. Amen. So Matthew chapter 10 says, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So Jesus takes his 12 disciples and he's like, hey, listen, this is very interesting. I, I, let's just get ourselves here for a minute. Because Jesus is about to leave the earth having only had three years of ministry. Not only that, his church is only 120 people. That's like 
this little section right here. <laughs> this little section right here. He has 12 disciples. One of them is going to have him killed. Not a great leadership strategy. And Jesus is about to leave the earth, and he's fully confident that these 120 people and these 11 leaders are going to spread the message of Jesus throughout the nations and the world for every generation until he comes back. That is crazy. He had so much faith in us, I wonder how much faith we lack in ourselves. Because Jesus believed in us, he knew. Listen, Jesus was not legislating Christianity. This is important. The purpose of Christianity is not that we legislate certain leaders to somehow dominate the world with our Christian beliefs. This is important. Christianity has always been a grassroots movement. It's always been under the radar. It's always been an authentic expression of what's happening on the inside coming out. It's not something that's legislated. I want godly leaders to lead us. But let me tell you, it doesn't really matter who's in office. What's happening inside of us, if it's an authentic expression of what Jesus has done, it will never die out. The church will always go strong. And until Jesus comes back, we can be confident. Come on. We can be confident that we are never going to lose our authority on the earth. Come on, we need to stop having faith in some politician or leader and have faith in Jesus that no matter how dark the day gets, his light will always be bright. And we get to participate in that. And so Jesus gathers them, he anoints them, he prophesies over them. And then in verse 11, he says, whatever city or village, I'm reading from the Amplified Version, which I think is the woman's version because it has a lot more words. It says, ask who is in it is worthy, who welcomes you in your message, and say to this house until you leave that city, as you go into the house, give your greeting, that is peace to this house. And if the family in the house is worthy, welcoming you in your message, give it your blessing of peace. But if it is not worthy, take back your blessing of peace. Verse 14, whoever does not welcome you, this is where we're going to land, listen, listen. Whoever does not welcome you, nor listen to your message, as you leave that house or city, shake the dust. Shake the dust. That's my message this morning. I want to teach us a little bit about shaking the dust. You see, Jesus knew that these men, even though they had a passion for God, they were anointed, they were called, they were prophesied over, they were absolutely relevant for the, 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 the nation that they were in, Jesus knew that often they would go into places and they would bring the same message and the same gift and the same heart, and one place would greet them and say, yes, come, and another place would reject them and want nothing to do with them. And what he was saying to them is, listen, if they did it to me, they're going to do it to you. What he's saying is, listen, you need a strategy for people not accepting you. Oh, no, that's just Californian people. I'm sure that Florida people are just, it's just love. It's just a Southern. We just bless your little heart. <laughs> we need a strategy for offense in our life. I love you, but one of the deepest, hardest things you're going to walk through in your life right now is offense. 
And what Jesus is saying is what you are about to walk into in your marriages, in your families, in your relationships, in your leadership. Come on. In any area that you walk into, there are going to be some seasons where people are going to embrace you and love you and laugh at all your jokes. And there's going to be other seasons when people want nothing to do with you and it has very little to do with you. It has everything. I've learned this very clearly. How I choose to respond says everything about me. And how you choose to respond says everything about you. And I am not powerful enough to go inside of you and choose something on how you're going to feel about me. I'm only powerful enough to choose how I feel about you. That's some, that was very good. I'm going to say that again. That was a very good point. How I choose to respond says everything about me. And how you choose to respond says everything about you. Well, you made me angry. No, I'm not that powerful. I'm not powerful enough to go inside of you and choose anger. You did that. We won't go there. But I'm just saying, you should just see my husband in our arguments. Anyway, so. I was thinking about this passage. And a couple, you know, many years ago, I went on a missions trip. And some of you are going to remember this. If you were in the 80s, I want you to just wave at me if you've been in the 80s. Okay, so you're going to understand what I'm about to say. Some of you are not going to understand what I'm about to say, and um, you are probably going to be very confused. But back in the day, when we used to go on trips, we would bring a camera. <laughs> right? Now, some of you are going to want to Google that. It's actually a, a, it's a camera, and we had things called film. Now, you guys are going to remember this, right? We would go on a trip, and we would think, how many rolls of film am I going to need for this trip? Do you remember this? And you go in, and they would have packs. Like, here's, here's a deal. You can get four packs for the price of one, and we would stock up. Okay, I'm going to be gone for 12 days. I'm going to need about 20 rolls of film. And not only that, we would, this is, this is the truth. Some of you are not going to remember this, but a lot of you are. We would take pictures, and we had no idea what they looked like. Come on, we would gather everybody. Come on, you remember this. We would gather everybody, and Aunt Flo, we don't know if her eyes are closed or she looks like she has a demon, and we're just going to take the picture, right? And we would, we would all line up, and we would take like five photos. We have no idea. We're praying for a move of God to happen in our family, and we would take a picture, right? And we would just, we had no idea what it looked like, and not only that, do you guys remember this? We would, we would take our photos, we'd log all the rolls, and we would have to wait until the end of the trip, and we'd have to go to the drugstore. Do you guys remember this? Come on. And we would go to the drugstore, and we would check it in, and we would have to wait three flippin' days for our photos. Do you guys remember this? And we would, we would turn in our film, and then we, would, we wouldn't even look at the person who was developing our film in the eye. Because we, have no, we know they know every secret in our whole lives is happening. Around. Like, just give me my film. I can't look at you right now. I feel like I'm with, like, you know, you know all my sin. Just, just give it here, right? And then we would get something called doubles. Come on, do you remember this? Because if the picture turned out, we needed, we needed to be able to give it to somebody else. And whoever got the double was, like, very important to us. Do you remember this? Like, oh, can I have one of those? No, I'm so sorry. I, I only have one double, and that's going to this person. You, I'm so sorry. That, that never happened. Like, you'll have to remember it in your head. Take a picture in your head. You see that? That's what it is. Okay, thank you. You can come over to my house and see the photos. But this is, come on, do you remember this? And then, this is my favorite part. You would get there as the first person to get your photos because there would be a line of people, right? 
And then you would take your photos and you would run to your car and you would rip it open like it's the price is right. And you'd be going through your photos looking for that one photo that would make sense. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And your whole passenger seat would just have this pile of photos, just chaos. And you'd rip over the next and just chaos. And then, and then you, you would just find that one photo that made sense. And you would go, it was worth it. It was worth the 12 rolls of film. It was worth the seven days of waiting. It was worth all of that for this one moment. Now we have our phones where we're like, delete, try again, delete, try again, delete, try again, right? Filter, filter, try again, right? Well, I'm, I'm thinking about this message and I'm thinking about what Jesus is saying and what Jesus is saying, do you remember when your camera would get scratched or there would be something in it? You would have no idea. You'd take all the photos. I remember going on this missions trip. I took 12 rolls of film I waited that entire process. I went back to the drugstore, grabbed my stuff, ran out to the car, pulled open everything, and the first photo had this white kind of bright thing in the middle, and every photo had it. I missed the entire trip because the camera, the lens, had a scratch on it, and it did not give me a clear picture of what was happening. Follow me on this for a minute. Jesus is imploring his followers, his disciples. He's saying, listen, I love you, but the, dis- the dust will be a distraction to your destiny. And when we have offense in our life, offense means that we have an ugly conflict between a loved one. When we have not resolved pain in our lives and relational hardship, it begins to distract us from seeing what's really happening with a clear picture. And Jesus is imploring his disciples. He's saying, listen, I love you. I love you so much. I'm about to die. I'm about to be resurrected. I'm going to be standing at the right hand of the Father, interceding that you're going to do the right thing. But let me tell you something. There's going to be situations and relationships and, in, and, and places that you're going to go where they are not going to accept you. You're going to have a relational conflict. Something is going to happen. And if you don't get that dust off of you, then you're going to drag it into the next situation. And you're going to think it's in that situation, but it is not. It is residue from the last situation. And some of you, I love you, but the dust of your past marriage is distracting you from this marriage. Don't look around. Do not look at your spouse right now. Just smile and act like you got this. Some of you, the dust from your last church community is distracting you from finding a place here. Some of you, you have dust that's a distraction from the way that someone treated you or spoke to you or experienced you. And I would like to say with as much grace as I can, it really had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with them. And you're the only one that's carrying it with you. And what I believe, what I believe, and I'm a little strong, I admit it. I I, I used to be Italian. I get it. But you know, at the end of the day, the dust in your life, he was telling them, listen, I love you guys, but the dust is going to be a distraction, the filter in which I'm calling you. And they would have known this, the disciples, because it was historic that they would actually go, every time they would go from a pagan land to the promised land, into Israel, into Jerusalem, they would walk in and the holy men, the people of Israel, would come in and they would shake their dust as a symbolic to get the Gentile, the pagan dust, off of their feet and to have holy feet. So when Jesus said this to them, they weren't like, what is he talking about, shake your feet? I don't understand, like, 
you know, like the great theologian said, shake, shake, shake it off, shake, shake, shake it off. <laughs> they weren't confused by that. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah, you mean like the holy men that walk in and they, they do this every time they enter the city. Jesus was giving them permission to not have to dissect and counsel and therapy everything. Come on. But to actually realize that if they did it to me, they're going to do it to you. And I'm giving you permission to just shake it off and move on. Because the dust had very little to do with you. Oftentimes the conflicts we experience is you're just the face to the pain, the pain that's already been there. And so my question to you is, what is your strategy to get rid of the dust in your life? Have you taken it so deep inside of you that you've assumed it's you and you've assumed that you've got to fix it and you've assumed that you've got to get them to like you? I'm just wondering if maybe you need to shake it off. Maybe you need to go somewhere that people actually accept you and love you. It has very little to do with you. It has everything to do with the environment that they're in. And offense is... Offense is dangerous in our lives. You know, we can say, well, I want to be happy and I want to be kind, but I want, us to be, I want us to understand that Jesus gave them a strategy for offense because he knew, listen, I love you, but this is going to be a real thing in your life and you need a strategy for this because it's dangerous. He says it so clearly. He talks about shaking the dust. And what that means in the Greek, it means to shake it off, to shake off that which is trying to adhere itself to us and to get it off of us. Do you know I found in my own life that I can go through a situation and shake it off and go, that wasn't personal, and move on, or I can bring, give life to it, and I, it can become a big thing in my life, or it can stay little. You see, there are two types of offended people. There are those that have been mistreated, and there are those who think they have been mistreated and actually are not. But regardless, we need a strategy because offense feels the same. And Jesus says in the book of Luke, chapter 17, he said, Jesus said to his disciples, stumbling blocks, temptations, and traps set to lure one into sin is sure to come. But woe, judgment is coming to him through whom they come. What Jesus is saying in this passage is he's saying, listen, offenses, offenses in the Greek means a trigger to the trap. A trigger to the trap. So what it actually means, like we grew, I, I grew up in Lake Tahoe. I went to high school in L.A. Um, and in L.A. we had, we lived kind of by the hills and we had a possum problem. Have you ever seen a possum? Okay, if you ever wonder what Satan looks like, you need, to, you need to look for a picture of a possum. They are, they're just demonic. They're like a rat that's been blown up. And um, it's just, yeah, they're not going to be in heaven. They are not going to be in heaven. I'm very confident of that. And, um, and so we had this possum problem, so we had to call out this, you know, they, in California, everything, everyone's scared to death of doing anything. You know, it's like we're scared of gluten. We're, we're scared of a lot of things like that. And so... They're like, we need to make sure we do this in a humane way. So the guy brings in two traps. He puts food in. And he would catch possums. Every, he'd put two or three out. We'd catch possums. He'd take them away, come back. And we caught many, many possums. I never went into my backyard again. But I'll say this. 
the way that he set it up is he had this metal trap and he had this little lever. The, 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 there was some kind of food or, you know, something to lure the animal in. And when the animal would go in, him walking into it would trigger the trap and it would slam the door shut and he would get stuck in it. So biblically what this means, listen, listen, conflicts are going to come. You cannot be immune from conflicts. You cannot go, I'm just never going to fight again. I'm just never going to have conflict again. Well, good, bubble boy. You should do that. But the truth is, if you're really going to show up in life, you're going to have conflicts. If you've never had conflicts, we want you to stand up so we can punch you in the face. Right now, let's just get it over with. In Jesus' name, of course. In Jesus' name. You are going to have conflicts. Having conflict doesn't make you a bad person. Having relational difficulty doesn't make you a bad person. What can be damaging and destructive in our lives is what we do with it. And many of us can get trapped in that moment and never move on. Have you ever met somebody who's still living in 2008? Good Lord. You go, I'm sorry, when did this happen? Oh, about 10 years ago. I'm so sorry. I thought it might happen yesterday. It sounded like it happened yesterday when you're talking about it. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You ever met people where you just feel like, what is going on? And, and the interesting part is, how do you know if someone's offended? If you hang out, with, they'll tell you. It's amazing. People go, I'm not offended. You'll hear phrases like, I never, I never tell people this. Uh-huh, sure. And we just met. Interesting. <laughs> you have that much faith in me. You know, I just don't like to say this, you know, but I just like to warn people, okay. You'll find that offended people will spend their time telling people the story over and over. Why? Not because we want to be mean about it, but the truth is they got trapped. It feels like it was yesterday. It feels like it was that painful. The pain of what happened to them, they're stuck in it. When that person, that relationship went sour and bad, yeah, it feels offensive that that person has moved on and married and has kids, and they're still saying, was he the one or was she the one? Because they're caught in it. They can't move on. And the Spirit of God wants to come and unlock those traps, areas in our lives where we have been tormented in relationships and difficulties and conflict, where we feel trapped in a moment in time. And God wants to anoint you to shake it off, to get rid of it. You know, offense is one of those things, it's very, once you get in it, it's very difficult. Have you ever had glitter in your house? Now, we have four sons, so we don't have glitter that much. But I did get some Christmas ribbon at Costco. It had some gold glitter. And I remember it wasn't until July as we were worshiping at our church, I looked over at my husband's forehead. <laughs> and I realized that the glitter was still in our house. Offense is like that, guys. Offense is hard to get rid of. We go into places and we feel triggered by things. We walk into situations and some of the things that happened the first year of your marriage are the biggest triggers to this year. Some of the things that happened in your home growing up are the things that trigger you. And honestly, if we were to put it on a whiteboard, the truth is nothing really bad has happened to you. It's just residue from all the other situations you've been in. And so what I'm asking is that we start to have strategy for offense. There are things that happened this year that are trying to adhere themselves to you to keep you bound, paralyzed, and trapped. There are things that have happened to the state of Florida that are trying to keep you bound, paralyzed, and trapped. There are things that have happened politically that are trying to keep you, keep you bound, paralyzed, and trapped. 
And I just want you to know we are not bound by all of that. We are bound by what the kingdom of God says over our lives. So the devil tries to get a foothold in our relationships and those we love. They're cracks. They're build, they build offended places in our minds because that's where offense hangs out is in our minds. And it's a wall that begins to get constructed around us. The Bible also says offenses will come, which means there's not, you've done nothing wrong to have offenses come. But it also says, but woe to him through who they come, which means it's one thing to experience offense. It's another thing to throw it around. It's one thing to get a little glitter on you as you walk into a situation. It's another thing to be Tinkerbell. And he's saying, watch out, sweetheart. Your words matter. Watch out, son. Be careful what you say about them. It's going to get inside of you and it's going to hurt you. So the Bible says very clear, we are to shake it off. We're to shake it off to cleanse one's self. I want to share a story with you. You know, I have... We have four boys, and um, it is as glorious as it is gross. And it is wild. I did not expect to have four boys. In fact, I, I grew up in a very female home. I have an identical twin sister. We are mere twins. I'm left-handed. She's right-handed. We have lived very similar lives. We look exactly alike. Everything is the same. In fact, our husbands have definitely got us mixed up before, and I've had prayer for that. And... Um, <laughs> And so we, are, we were married six months apart, and our first babies are nine days apart. You should have heard the jokes. Our second babies are three weeks apart, and our third babies are three months apart, right? So all together, they all have the same dad. No, they don't. I'm just kidding. No, they don't. <laughs> so inappropriate. Anyway, so... But, you know, we, we grew up in a very female home. I have a mom and I have an Italian dad who's almost a girl. So we had this very female experience. And then I started having boys. And so I'm learning about boys. I talked a little bit about this at the conference this weekend. But as I'm learning about boys, you know, boys, if something's wrong, it's because you've missed a basic need. With men, it's about needs. Men don't go through these huge hormonal moments. It's like with girls, I love us, and I is one, so I'm not afraid to say this. But girls, we're very confusing, and part of it is that we're confused by ourselves. You know, we don't really know what we think either. And, you know, part of it is that we have, you know, we, we can get pregnant. Let's just start there. Like, let's talk about the reality that we can have, you know, um, we can have a moment, and then all of a sudden we are in it for nine months. And then we have, you know, someone, we went to Europe once, and he, I said, these are my four boys. He goes, oh, those are five, nine, ones. I, I said, I'm, I'm sorry, it was in Switzerland. I said, I'm sorry, what, I don't understand what that means. He goes, those are, you have five, nine, ones. I said, can you explain that to me? He said, it's five minutes of fun, nine months of waiting, one more at the table. That's exactly what I have. Thank you so much. I would like to call them seven nine ones, but whatever. Okay, so. Whatever. You'll get it. Ask your mom later. Okay, so. Ask your mom. So we were going to Disneyland at one point with our kids, and I sat my boys down, the two eldest, and I said, listen, we're going to go to Disneyland, and uh, if you would like to earn some money for Disneyland, you can do some chores around the house, and I'll give you money. Because everybody knows we're looking for moments to get our kids to do free labor. That's why we had children. 
right? We had children because I never want to mow the lawn again. I never want to carry in groceries again. I, I, just, I need some things in my life, right? So that's why we had, no, I'm kidding, but somewhat. So we had these boys, and so I, I sat them down. Now my firstborn, who, where's my firstborns? Just wave at me, all my firstborns. Okay, so my firstborns, they don't miss these things because firstborns are always about reward. If there's no reward, meh, I don't know. But if there's a reward, I'm in it. Those are my firstborns in the room. They're, they're a little more cautious. They, they like to process a little bit, but, but eventually they're in. So Judah goes, I'm in. I got it, mom. How much am I making? I'm like, you get a dollar for every large chore. I'm in, I'm in. My second born, where's my middle children? Wave at me, all my middle, look at you guys are on your phones right now. All my middle children are on their phones. Put your phones away, okay? So Hudson doesn't want anything to do with it. He's like, I don't, why would I want to work? That sounds horrible. He's like, that's terrible. No, thank you. So he's out. So Judah begins to work, and pretty soon I walk in, and Hudson has Judah work. I mean, Judah has Hudson working. I said, oh, you're earning money? He goes, no, no, I'm just working for Judah. Firstborn, right here, firstborn. (laughs) So finally, Judah starts making money, and pretty soon he's coming to me. He's getting dollars, and by the time we're about to leave on our trip, he has earned $14. That's a lot for a little six-year-old or seven-year-old. He asked me for a wallet. He puts all of his money in his wallet. He irons all of his, no, I'm kidding. He puts all of his money in his wallet. And so we get in the car to go to Disneyland. We're going to drive 10 hours to Disneyland, which sounds, always sounds like a good idea until you get in the car. So we have two car seats with Judah in the middle, Hudson's in the back, mom and dad, and we've packed up. So we are loaded up. We're on our way to Disneyland. And this is around Hudson's birthday. Now, I would like to just decode this for some of you kids that don't understand this. I'm going to give you a parent secret, Okay. If you have a large family, any event, pre-scheduled event that is around that child's birthday now becomes that birthday gift. See what I'm saying? Like, hey, it's Christmas. We just had Christmas for your birthday. Isn't that amazing? Happy birthday. They're like, I always thought, no, it's for you. That's what it is. Happy birthday, right? Any event that we're going on vacation, it's your birthday vacation because this is what we're doing. So happy birthday, right? So for our kids, that's what we do. Don't tell them yet. They're not here today. But Hudson, we're going to Disneyland, and we've now said, this is your birthday gift. Would we have gone? Probably, but this is now his birthday. So we are not getting him any gifts. This is his moment to go to Disneyland. But Judah has $14. So Grandma and Grandpa give us a card for Hudson. We pass it to the back, and Hudson opens it up. And when he opens it up, he begins to squeal and scream. Inside this card is $20, a $20 bill. So we are yelling and screaming like it's the price is right. Hudson, you got $20. That's incredible. And again, he's six years old, so he is like, thinks it's $1,000. And we are are milking this moment because we know this is his birthday gift. Like, this is what he's getting. And all of a sudden, I realize Judah's in the car. Judah's in the car. So I look at Judah, and as I look at Judah, Judah's got his hands like this, right? And he's got tears, those half crocodile tears, you know, right here. And I go, oh! Oh, Judah, I'm so sorry. Does that make you feel bad? And he goes, <gasps> and just starts screaming, right? I'm like, okay, I probably shouldn't have done that. So I look at him, and you know, like every parent does, we go into modes as parenting. You know what I'm talking about, right? So we go into first, it's, it's empathy, nurture. Honey, I love you. I'm so sorry. It's really, you know, it's Hudson's birthday, and I'm so sorry, and I love you. And then we go into coach mode. Sorry, son, that's just the way it's going to be. You're going to have to suck it up. Life isn't fair. Do you know what I'm talking about, right? And then we, we just kind of go into like terrorist mode, which is basically like we're lying and we're threatening and we're like, we're going to turn this car around and we're not going to go to Disneyland. And your husband's like, I'm sorry, what? 
But as I look at Judah, I say something and the Holy Spirit says to me, that's exactly what I'm saying to you. And as I'm leaning over, coaching, terrorizing Judah, nurturing Judah, I look at him and I say, Judah, you are not going to go without. You are not going to go without. You're going to flip in Disneyland. No, I want to say that, but you're going to Disneyland. Your $14 is going to buy you a hot dog. You are going to be fine. <laughs> but as I say it, the Holy Spirit says, that's exactly what I'm saying to you, Havilah. And he showed me a picture of what's happening. He said, you know, Havilah, most of walking with Christ is a $14 day. We do the right thing. We receive grace. We experience him. We, we follow it. We do exactly what he's asked us to do. And we have the miracles of what he gives us. But every once in a while, we get a $20 moment. And that $20 moment is the moment we didn't expect, we didn't deserve, but all of a sudden we have freedom. And God gives us something. And what happens often in our lives, listen, listen, I know this is true because I get to minister to many of you around the world. I know this is true. Often dust comes when we're doing our $14 day and someone has a $20 moment. Why are they getting married? I'm so much cuter than they are. Why did they get the promotion? Why did they get the whatever? And what it is, it's a distraction to your destiny. Sweetheart, most of your life, if you're going to live a healthy, godly life, is a $14 day. It's day in and day out. Marriage is a, come on, $14 day. I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. I want you. $20 moments. I choose you. I choose you. $14 days. I want you. $20 moments, right? So we have these moments where we have to begin to get the dust off of us. I want to say this. Apostle Paul was a Christian killing leader. And he, nobody would listen to him because he was trying to reach the Jews, but he was like Hitler trying to reach the Jews. Nobody wanted him. And there's one moment when he was on a boat and he was shipwrecked. And when he landed on the shore, they were wet and they decided to make a fire. And when he went to make a fire, he grabbed some sticks. And when he threw the sticks on the fire, there was a venomous snake that grabbed him. And the Bible says that all the men watching him knew that he was about to die because this snake grabbed him and was going to kill him. And the Bible says that Paul shook it off. And when he shook it off, everybody around him believed that he was a man of God. This is what I want to say to you. The situations you're going through, if you will shake it off and not allow the dust to become a distraction of your destiny, but allow yourself to be the same person wherever you go and with a pure heart, let me tell you, you will be a testimony to those around you. They will say, how did you go through that? You went through the fire, but you do not smell like smoke. How did you go through it? You look different. How are you living like that? How are you acting like that? You should be offended. You should be broken. You should be ashamed. You should be tore up. You should be bankrupt, but no, 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 no. You you don't have dust. There is no dust on you. You are free, free to be you in every situation. And I believe God today in this very moment wants to anoint you to be free from the dust that has come to distract you. Just close your eyes for one minute. I want to invite us to respond to this word. I want to invite us to respond to this word this morning. Some of you, you would say, you know, Havala, you're preaching. I feel like I've never, ever walked with Christ before. In fact, you're, you're saying things that I've never heard before. I've never really had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm tired of doing my life on my own. I'm tired of living for myself. I, 
I came here and I thought I'd just get through the service, but I'm feeling a pull in my heart towards surrendering my life to Jesus. And I wanna start living for God. And if you were to die tonight, you're not confident that you would wake up in eternity. You're not confident you'd make up with God. You're, You're not sure. And today you wanna make a decision to live for Christ. You don't have to clean yourself up to come to Christ. You can come just as you are and say, I'm yours. If that's you today and you're saying, I've never walked with Christ before and I would like to become a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to lift your hand and say, that's me. I've never done that before. Just good. Anybody else? Lots of hands. Anybody else say, that's me. Good. Anybody else? Just wave at me. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Some of you today, you would say, you know, I have walked with Christ, but if you checked my Facebook, if you checked how, I, how I'm living my life, you would know I'm not really a follower of Christ. In fact, I'm kind of living in two worlds right now and I wanna come back. I want my life to merge again. I wanna be who I'm called to be. If that's you, I want you to wave at me, say, that's me. I wanna come back to Christ. Good, I see your hands. Anybody else? Good, in the back, up in the balcony, I love that. Anybody else? Say, that's me, good, lots of hands. Good, it's a good morning for that. Some of you today, you would say, you know, Havala, I've never, I've never gotten rid of the dust that's been a distraction in my life. I've lived in with a distracted life. I've, I'm stuck in a relationship. I'm stuck in my past. I'm stuck in my childhood. I'm stuck in my leadership. I'm stuck in my parenting and I need to get the dust off my life. It's been distracting me from my destiny and I need, I need these things. I need Jesus to come and unlock the trap that I've been stuck in. If that's you, I'm gonna ask you to be so brave. I want you to stand right now. I want you just to stand right now and say, that's me, I gotta get out. I gotta get this out. You're standing in the back, it, it matters. Just stand, say, that's me, I gotta get rid of the dust. I understand that I have had, I have stood in these moments. It's no one's business, it's your business, what's happening inside of you. But today can be a day of freedom. Today can be a day of healing. Today can be a moment where you get free from the things that have tried to trap you, that you can be free from the dust. If that's you, just lift your hands as a sign of surrender. And I wanna lead you in this moment. I want you to say, Jesus, I confess I've been distracted by the dust. I confess I've been trapped in a moment in time. But today I invite you to help me to walk out. In freedom, I want you to take the dust away from me. Jesus, I surrender to you. I I don't wanna be offended. I say yes to love and no to fear. No to rejection, no to abandonment. And I say yes to you. I wanna walk with you in Jesus' name. But those that are standing, would everyone just stand for one moment? And I want us to lead those that have asked Christ into their heart. Can we pray this together in one voice? There were many of you that raised your hand to come back to Christ or for the first time. Let's say this together, Lord Jesus, we want you to be Lord of our lives. We confess that you are the only way. You are the truth, you are the life. We want to live for you all the days of our life. Come be Lord of my life today and forever. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said amen and amen and amen. Let's worship together. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.